Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Merritt. I'm a bulimic and a gum addict. Hi, Merritt. I'll pretend you just said hi to me. <laughs> I'm getting away. Anyway, I'm nervous about doing this. I've never spoken on a Zoom call before and uh, also never spoke about Tradition 4 before, although I've been in the program a long time. Um, I'm gonna start by telling a little bit of my story just because everyone that I saw before the meeting was someone that I never saw before. So it's very exciting to think there could be a human being in this program that hasn't heard my story to death. So, um, and I just have to say, I feel nervous for the reasons previously mentioned. And I was thinking while I was in the shower about this podcast I was listening to once and the speaker said that she told her sponsor she was nervous about speaking at a meeting and the sponsor said, these people eat out of the garbage. And uh, when I thought of that and myself eating out of the garbage as I did, I cracked up and realized it's true. And so I'm just gonna say whatever I have to say. Um, anyway, I have been in this program for about 32 years, unbelievably. And I had 30 years of abstinence in January. Um, I get choked up every time I say it out loud or think it uh, because it's unimaginable that I could really put together 30 minutes of abstinence before I got here. And um, I am powerless over food and my life was unmanageable and sometimes still unmanageable because my brain uh, is still a little bit crazy, which is why I keep coming back. I know people are like, why would you keep coming back all this time? And the reason is I have the brain of an addict, and if I don't keep working the steps and showing up um, and doing everything that's been recommended to me in this program, I know what's going to happen, which is that I am going to end up back in the food. And I am so grateful to have recovery that I would do anything that I could not to go back there if possible. So um, if you do the math, I did not get absent right away when I got here. Uh, I needed to hit a bottom and a bottom and a bottom and a bottom. And I don't know if I hit the ultimate bottom yet or not, but it was a big enough bottom, I guess, where I uh, was just willing to do whatever it took to stop eating compulsively. And um, one thing I learned to do here is to follow instructions, which I feel like, especially during this coronavirus shelter in place has been incredibly helpful. Um, and the beauty of having been here so long is that you know, most of the program stuff that I do today is muscle memory. And so I wake up and write my gratitude list and I send my 10 steps to my sponsor and I weigh and measure my breakfast and I do all the things that I do. Um, and it's really, it's just seen me through a lot in the past few years and certainly during this time. And uh, I haven't shared about this in a meeting, but my special little dog was bitten by a rattlesnake on Sunday last week and almost died. And it was really touch and go there for uh, 24 plus hours. And I just was like, I just was praying. I just was saying the serenity prayer. Uh, I realized that I was powerless and my life was unmanageable and I could just show up and have faith and pray for the best. And uh, I would bring her over here to my lap and it might hurt her, but uh, she did pull through. I'm really grateful. And um, uh, yeah, I could certainly say a lot more about my recovery, 
Um, but I guess I'll try to talk about Tradition 4, which I've never spoken about before and frankly never thought about nearly as much as I should have as I delved into it um, yesterday and this morning. So um, again, Tradition 4 is that each group should remain autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. And the spiritual principle of Tradition 4 is autonomy. Um, so, so I'm gonna, my new version of the OA 12 and 12 is on my iPad, which I'm using for the Zoom call. So I'm gonna read out of my old version. Uh, there were so many things that jumped out at me. And um, what they start by saying is that individuals, we are responsible for ourselves and free to work or not work the 12 step program however we wish. The same principle holds true for our groups. Tradition four, the tradition of autonomy, gives OA groups the right and responsibility to operate as they see fit, free from outside influence. And um, you know, the first thing that I thought about, which I don't often think about, is how lucky we are, particularly in our program, that we get to work the program however we want, right? I mean, we get to decide how many meetings we go to, which meetings we go to, um, what food plan we want to use, who our sponsor's going to be, how we want to work the steps, whatever our own daily routines are going to be. Um, and I think many of us are aware of the fact that there is another 12-step program and maybe more than one where all of that stuff is spelled out and you have to do it a particular kind of way. And I think it's really beautiful that in OA, in our OA, um, we don't have to do those things as specified and we each get to do the program to the best of our ability, whatever way works best for us. And um, I really value that. And I know I've also benefited from limits and boundaries and structures. And so I don't have any criticism of doing it any other way, but I do like that I've had the opportunity in this program to um, you know, create a program that's tailor-made to me. Um, and so, and, and likewise, and I guess I never thought about this either, you know, we get to have our groups operate however we want to. Um, I started a meeting with a fellow last year and, um, you know, we got to build it from the ground up and pick and choose all the things we liked in our other meetings and how we wanted to do it. And as time has gone by, we've tweaked things in this, in the format, in the, um, uh, way that we do almost everything. We've just been able to figure out as we go along what makes sense and what doesn't and to uh, make things happen the way that we like. And I am really grateful for that. Um, um, they also talk about um, how we can pretty much do whatever we want in our group, but we do need to follow the traditions. And um, that is the purpose of the traditions is to help us understand how our groups are supposed to run. Um, and um, many of you might be aware of the fact that not too long ago, there was what was a huge controversy in our fellowship about a um, group that was not using the steps in the way that uh, we typically do, and they were changing the word God because it was a group of atheists and agnostics, and uh, there was a lot of controversy, and I guess bottom line, what came out is that we need to read the traditions and the steps the way that they're written and we need to use the word god even though some people don't believe in it or have their own interpretation um and you know a lot of people were really upset and talked about it for a long time and i guess bottom line i could see where there are bottom line things that we need to do so that our groups resemble oa um and within those pretty loose parameters we can do whatever we want and so uh, if I understand it correctly, they were set, they were told, hey, look, you got to read the steps and traditions as written, and then you can do whatever you want. And uh, 
I don't know exactly how things turned out after that, but I guess that's how it went down. Um, they also talked about how important it is if someone in a meeting breaks a tradition for someone else to mention to them, hey, that's a break in tradition. And um, I have been in the position as a secretary where I've needed to interrupt someone uh, or mention to them after the meeting, um, hey, I'm sorry, that's a break in tradition. And it never feels easy. And especially if someone is a newcomer, I feel like it can seem sort of harsh to give them feedback on their share. Uh, there was a woman in particular that I'm thinking of that frequently talked about outside issues during her shares. And more than once I had to say, hey, I'm really sorry. Uh, we don't talk about outside issues here. It's really important that we maintain our focus on our recovery from compulsive overeating. And as much as we like to talk about anything we want when we get here, they were smart enough to keep us focused on that because it's the last thing we really want to talk about. And she said, well, that doesn't make any sense. I don't want to do that. And I got to say, I didn't make this out, but this is what we do when we go to meetings. And it does feel uncomfortable, but I also feel like it's our responsibility to safeguard the traditions as best we can because um, otherwise we don't feel like we have a safe space where we can come and do the work of recovering from compulsive overeating, which is, as you know, in tradition three, that's the only thing we're here to do is to um, have a desire to stop eating compulsively and hopefully learn how to do that. Um, there's a line in this in the tradition that says our traditions are here they exist to prevent problems and so um, you know I feel like I appreciate the structure and you know that's really what I got a lot when I was reading this tradition is that when I was in my disease I, there were no limits or boundaries of any kind there were no limits around my food there were no limits or boundaries in my life I did whatever I want, whenever I wanted to, especially if it meant getting whatever I wanted to eat, however I got it, however I got rid of it, whatever I was gonna do with it. And I very slowly learned how to establish limits and boundaries for myself, starting with my food. And um, you know, figuring out what food worked for me and what didn't, ultimately in my case, ending up um, weighing and measuring my food so that there were very clear boundaries because it left less legal, wiggle room for me to screw around with things, which is what my disease wants me to do. And then really as that kind of rippled out, even having to set limits and boundaries with people in my life, like my mom, hey, you know what? You're not allowed to talk about my body. It's on your business. Or, hey, I don't eat that. Or, no, you can't eat off my plate. And things like that were never part of my repertoire before. I felt like it was really scary to stick up for myself and ask for what I wanted. And yet I learned how to do that, starting with the food and then um, getting better at it over time, though still finding it scary. And even now thinking that it sometimes will feel mean to set a limit with someone to say no to them or to say that doesn't work for me. But really, it's letting them know where I begin and they begin too, where I let off, where there's a space between us. And um, so I feel like actually, as I've been reading this, that a lot of that um, came to me from working tradition four. Um, and then they also talked about this in our literature, which I appreciate in the OA, in the A literature, because it's so much older, um, it sounded like this wasn't okay, but we even have groups um, that have special topics, which is super cool. like. Um, hundred pounders groups and anorexic bulimic groups and uh, meditation groups and gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender groups, all the different ones that we have. And what's cool about tradition four is that it says we can have all those special interest groups, but everybody has to be allowed to go. Um, so you can do whatever you want, but the primary purpose is to 
um, abstain from compulsive overeating, and as long as you have an interest and willingness to do that, you belong. So um, I used to have very close friends in the 100 Pounders meeting that we used to have back in the day, uh, actually around this time of day, on Saturday mornings. And so that's the meeting that I used to go to, and I am not a 100 Pounder, and I wanted to do service and be active in the group, and I used to lead the newcomer meetings, and then finally, they had a business meeting and they were like, you know what, Merritt, we don't think you should be leading the newcomers meetings because you're not a hundred pounder and people can't relate to you as much. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, and that was the limit and the boundary that they came up with. And so that makes sense to me. Um, and then what I really love about the tradition, and this one in particular, and people talk about that the steps are there to help us recover individually, and the traditions are there to teach us how to learn to be in relationships. And um, especially when in the OA book, when they have the questions, it's so um, helpful, I think, to figure out how this applies to how we can be in relationships. And so um, there was a line here that said, when a group breaks one of the traditions, it's usually because members aren't well informed about them, not because they choose to ignore them. And I was thinking about that in relationships with other people. When someone crosses one of your boundaries, it's not because they aren't well informed or they're trying to, it's because they don't know about them. And so it behooves us in our relationships with our partners or um, with friends to just have to say what your truth is and set a boundary so that people don't hurt you on purpose, don't cross your boundaries on purpose, so that you can coexist peacefully like we wanna be able to do in meetings with one another. Um, I love that. Um, there's one of the questions says, does our group feel there are only a few, few right ways of doing things in OA? Do we respect the right of other groups to have practices different from ours? And when I think about that in relationships, I think there's only one right way to do things. I had a therapist say to me, you know, we spend our whole lives coming up with the right way we think to do everything, how to clean a sink, how to wash the dishes, how to do the laundry, and then you get in a relationship with someone else, and they've also thought of all the right ways they think there is to do everything, and then you have to try to peacefully coexist with each other, and so yes, I think there's only a few right ways of doing most things, and I have opinions about how we should do things in a way, but tradition four says we need to figure out how to live together. We need to communicate with respect what we think and how we feel. And then we have to take what other people think and feel into account and come up with what's best for the group as a whole, not just for me in particular. And I love that because I am very egocentric and this takes me out of myself. And humility is the primary principle in almost all the steps and traditions. And so I have to humble myself when I'm in meetings and listen to the group conscience. And in a relationship, I have to, as best I can, uh, be willing to listen to what other people think and try to take that into account while also sticking up for myself and not letting them walk all over me. Um, I kept thinking back to step nine, which says, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And there's a way in which I think this is really similar, where I get to be married to the best of my ability and a composed over eater in this program to the best of my ability um, without hurting other people or stepping on their toes or doing anything mean-spirited. And that feels like the same sort of principle that's in uh, step nine. Um, do we make decisions that benefit us? Uh, where does, it, oh, I kind of reinterpreted one of these. Do we make decisions that is best for us as a group instead of what is best for a single person? So um, just this idea of even thinking about other people 
and what's important to them, what's right for them, um, trying to balance that with what's right for me without also people pleasing and just doing whatever I think is right for me and bulldozing them. I feel like I learned how to do that in tradition four. Um, uh, oh, and then also another one of the questions, do we practice the principle of autonomy by taking responsibility for our own actions and avoiding attempts to control the actions of others? So here again, um, in relationships, you know, we uh, respect our friends and our partners. We love them. We don't do stuff for them that they can do for us themselves. Um, and we try to take uh, responsibility for our actions and to do what's right for us. And so ultimately, we're all autonomous people within a program, within a world in which we're actually interdependent on one another. And so I love that this um, tradition really emphasizes, you know, being yourself, doing your own thing, setting limits and boundaries for yourself, and also living in this world and living with other people and trying to do that as peacefully as possible. Um, the, line, the last line that I highlighted said, Tradition 4 challenges us as individuals, as OA groups, and as a fellowship to strike a healthy balance between our responsibility for ourselves and our responsibility to each other while we grow together and work together as companions in recovery. And um, I guess I want to say, lastly, that uh, this whole shelter-in-place thing, I think, has really called upon us, especially if you're not living alone, um, to have to take care of yourself and also live peacefully with whoever you're with. And um, it doesn't seem like this is necessarily bringing out the best in most of us. Um, it's hard to not be able to do your life the way you're used to and go to face-to-face -face meetings and get to the food store as much as you want to and never be alone. Um, I really like being alone and I'm not alone very much anymore, which I'm grateful for and also is challenging. Um, and so it's really helpful as we all navigate this time and we try to take care of ourselves and be autonomous that we also bear in mind that we need to respect and take care of each other um, and think about what's right for other people as well as for ourselves without compromising um, our bottom line. And, uh, you know, for me, the bottom line is that I need to um, uh, take care of my abstinence uh, no matter what, that I don't eat no matter what. That's got to be the number one priority, no matter what all the other priorities are, ever-changing as they are these days. And then my life flows pretty well um, if I'm able to adhere to that. So uh, anyway, that's all that I have to say. I thank you for listening. Um, I'm hoping that all of you are well and healthy, and I appreciate you listening, even though I don't know what you're actually doing, because I'm just looking at Judy, which is very nice. So thank you very much.